Welcome everyone, welcome to the Don't Tell God podcast. My name is Alicia and I'm your host. Uh, if this is your uh, first time listening, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for uh, pressing play and I really do hope that you enjoy uh, this episode. Uh, pretty much the podcast that I run is for uh, leaders or pastors or just really followers of Jesus. And what I do, I interview uh, people who have been and around ministry, uh, who love Jesus, and I give them a platform to be genuine and open about their life and their faith and their ministry. In this episode, I uh, talk to Dan Walls, and Dan is the sole pastor of San Suzy Baptist Church in Southern Sydney. And uh, yeah, we have, we have a fantastic chat, in, um, just in general, uh, but a couple of key things that we, we speak about. Uh, we, we talk about uh, sports um, and how that relates in regards to identity and God and ministry. We talk about humility. We talk about how it's so vital to be humble um, uh, as a pastor, and but at times it can be hard. And last, we talk about suicide. And uh, Dan has a great story in regards to uh, suicide in, in his family, or at least the thoughts of suicide and how that affected him in the younger years and how that's kind of shaped him today. Enjoy this episode. All right, Dan, well, welcome to the pod. And um, look, you're, I'm going to say this, you're used to it because you you run your own podcast. Uh, so you know everything that happens. And uh, I'm grateful yeah. that you said yes to me because you could have just said no because, you know, you do could a podcast, what, once a month? Is that yeah. right? Or what's the what's the regular, yeah. regularity well, first, of that? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. It's good to be on the other end as opposed to asking the questions. So looking yep. forward to it, mate. But um. Yeah, yeah. I initially aimed for twice a month, but it was just a bit hard with ministry and yeah and life. Um, so I aim for once a month, try to get a, a podcast yep. episode out. So yep. yeah, yeah, man, that's the same with me. I, well, I aim for once a month, and sometimes I struggle with that as well because yeah, again, because yeah. of ministry. But look, it's a, that's it. that's it's it. awesome to have you here. And um, yeah, like I've known you for what a couple of years now. I'm, I'm assuming. I can't. <laughs> it's been longer than that. Has it? At the youth pastors conference. Um, oh yes. Five years ago. Five years there. That would be yeah. five years because I've been at MOBC for six. Yeah, just um, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's cool, man. And it's awesome that you know, after five years, you know, I'm um, obviously interviewing you, and we can chat about ministry and stuff. And um, yeah, look again for for the audience, for the listeners, maybe just um, explain your role. Also, you are a minister, but explain a little bit what you're doing at the moment and what you've done in the past. Yeah, yeah. So I'm currently serving as sole pastor at San Susie Baptist Church, and I'm mm. coming up to oh, just over five years in the role now. Um, and before that, I was at Carrenbar Baptist Church in Sydney South. So, um, yeah, I was a student pastor there um, for a number of years and then stepped into like an interim associate role where I was heading up youth and young adults ministries. Um, but, yeah, Carrenbar was my home church pretty much. I had all my formative years there through you know, adolescent years, teenage years, and served in a number of different roles there before, I guess, um, entering into some of those formal roles. But, um, yeah, so student pastor, youth pastor and young adults, and then now soul pastor at San Susie Baptist. So, yeah. That's cool. And was that always the the plan or was it not specifically San Susie, but for you, you know, heading into ministry, you know, I know this is such a cliche thing, but going, you know, becoming youth pastor and associate and senior, was, it, was that what you were looking for or, yeah? Not really, no. Well, I just sort of, I guess with, yeah, it's sort of stereotypical, you sort of progress, it seems, from youth pastor into a mm. more senior role. But for me, I never really got, I was never really called to youth ministry. Um, I probably came out later, but I played a lot of basketball growing up. That was a big part of my life and 
uh, my dream as a, from a 12, year, 12 years of age was to become a professional basketball player. So that was my dream and my aspiration. So I didn't really attend youth growing up because um, I played on Friday nights, mm. trained, and then when I went to um, when I started attending Carrying by Baps with my family, uh, um, yeah, I, there was no one really my age at that time, so I didn't really get youth. Um, but I sort of every time I've served in those roles, I've sort of stumbled mm. into it or. Our youth pastor moved on, so I put my hand up and help out. And so I was, I was youth leading and helping out from time to time. But yeah, um, yeah, I was more passionate about our sort of night services at the time, <laughs> young adults ministry. Um, but yeah, I sort of I got asked to help out with youth, and yeah, okay. sort of found myself serving in that ministry for quite a number of years. Yeah, awesome. Now, um, Dan, I want to uh, uh, kind of get into a little bit in regards to your. Uh, your love for sport, uh, you know, something that both of us have in common is in regards to just loving sport. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, you do go for the Dragons and oh, City of City. Don't hold against me. You know, just, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, you know, at least uh, yeah. Yeah, at least for Sharkies this year, we're, we're going okay. The wonder yeah. is we're, we're struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to touch upon, you know, your love for basketball. And um, mm. probably the first question I want to ask is what – in regards to sport, and I know, you know, as pastors at times we can use this a bit too much as the cliche thing, but really like your your love and passion for sport, how do you see that in regards to ministry and your spiritual life and and, and God? Hmm. Yeah, good question, mate. It's uh, played a big role in my life. Um, I sort of go back to uh, my older cousin. Uh, my cousin was riding the sport and he was 11 years older than me. I really looked up to him and you know, I played everything with him, basketball, soccer, cricket, um, you name it, rugby league. Like I'd go to games with him. and um, But I just, yeah, I just, I love sport. And you know, I've been blessed to be able to play at a high level with my basketball. And I've sort of stepped back into that this year. Probably I've called it my last dance, um, playing state league for St. George Saints, go to the Saints. But um, yeah, yeah. I think through all that, I've learned a lot about, I've learned a lot of life lessons through that and, um you know, when you talk about teamwork and working with teams, obviously playing a team sport, you learn a lot, uh, resilience, perseverance. Um, you know, I've been in times where I've been cut from teams and, you know, the whole stereotypical thing that you sort of, you know, you want to make it, you're cut, I haven't given up, I've taken a different path and, and learn a lot about, you know, resilience and bouncing back from that. But, yeah, it's just sort of flowed into my ministry life as well. And, you know, if you talk to the church that I'm a part of, they probably, yeah, you know, uh, they probably give it to me a bit about my sporting illustrations in the sermons, but um, <laughs> a bit, you know, a bit too much or Possibly. not enough. To, <laughs> probably too much to start, but I've sort of tried to cut back. But yeah. um, it's just natural because that's my life. Yeah. That's what I did for so long. Um, yeah. You know, it was, you know, it definitely wasn't idle in my life for many years. Um, not that I put it over God, but it was, yeah, something that I need to really. I went on a journey with God through, and I remember my pastor at the time saying to me, just like Dan, do you reckon? Sport and basketball is an idol in your life. And I was like, no, no way. But as I thought about it, as I prayed, it was clear that it was. And yeah. to the point that I remember, um, I think it was the 2008 Olympics, um, right at the heart of my sort of, you know, I was playing youth league. I was still trying to make it as a professional player. And um, and I remember the, I think it was the Beijing Olympics, the Boomers, Australian Boomers team were playing the USA Dream Team or Team USA mm. basketball. And this is like, you know, the, an incredible game for a basketball fan. It's like the uh, FA Cup final or whatever. Like, you just want to watch it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and our grand final. And I just felt God say to me, spend time with me first and don't go and watch the game. And I was like, what? Are you serious? But, again, it was sort of 
saying to me, like, am I your priority or is this mm. game your priority? And I was like, yeah, you're right. So I spent time with him. Yeah. You know, I prayed. Even the game was live and started. And then, you know, you know God knowing how, how much I love my sport, I felt him say, yeah, go watch it now, enjoy it. Like, yeah, yeah. it was sort of that period of time that I started to, to for him to, I guess, shine a light on sport and basketball being an idol in my life. But, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it's just it's played a huge part in who I am today, um, what I've learned about life, how I've been able to take that into my role now as a pastor mm. and leader. Like it's, um, yeah, it's been a big part of my life. So it's interesting because you mentioned that, you know, when you were younger, you want to become a professional athlete. You mm. talk about in uh, 2008, you know, you had that moment, you know, boomers versus pretty much the dream team. Yeah. Um, you know, God called you just to spend some time with him. Well, because you hear all these all amazing Christian athletes, right? You got Kaká, and I'm, I'm, I can't even think of it anymore. But for me, Kaká stands out where he was just always up front. Yep, love Jesus. I think it was maybe mm. 2002 World Cup final. He lifted up the show and stuff. So, how, how does that work in your mind? Where God has said to you, "Look, you know, who no, not who do you love more, but you know, to put him first. But then you've got Christian athletes who also pursue this, and you can mm. probably say, you know, you've definitely got that burden and passion and as equal to, to God. So how do you think that works? Yeah, well, I know for me, you know, I did a lot of sports ministry um, as yeah. well. That's where I thought I was going to, to lead. And I was working with an um, organisation, serving with an organisation called Athletes in Action, and that's a worldwide organisation. I actually went over to the headquarters in Ohio a few years, oh, right. 10 years ago and got to, well, they were trying to encourage me along to, to work with them and serve with them. Uh, but mm-hmm. what they do is try and encourage athletes to align their sport or their faith with their sport and mm-hmm. help them realise that your faith is your priority. Well, this is something that you've been gifted in, you've yeah. been blessed with. Um, use it to glorify God. Use it to serve him. Um, mm. I spoke on it recently about the parable of talents. We've all been given talents, gifts, and abilities that we are to use for his kingdom and to serve God, and that's what athletes in action do. It's trying to encourage athletes to do that and to yeah. use it to glorify him, um, to be a good witness on the court or the field, whatever the case may be. So, um, And that's what I, I envisioned myself doing. I thought you know, if I do make it a professional, I can use that platform to share my faith. Along those, right. along, At that time, I was... Um, not so much being mentored, but I was catching up quite regularly with a guy called Jason Smith. Some of your listeners may mm. know of him, but he was a Sydney Kings captain, Australian Boomers captain for a while, and he's a Christian, um, a faithful man of God. And um, like he would take me along the Sydney Kings trainings. I'd watch and I'd go to Bible study with him and, and the chaplain at the time, and just seeing how he used his sport or his talents to as a platform to share his faith and to be a witness. Um, yeah, I was really encouraged by that. And so um, I think that sort of at that time helped me realise that, um, you know, there's more to life than just being professional or playing sport or, you know, being famous. And I can actually enjoy this but use it as a platform for sharing my yeah. faith. But ultimately, as I said earlier, um, God sort of used it to help me realise I need to be serving him and focusing on him or mm-hmm. prioritising him in my life yeah. as opposed to my basketball. Um, that that yeah. needed to be number one. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, man. Now, it's, it's uh, interesting because, obviously, um, like I said before, you, you do a podcast and that's around basketball. Obviously, mm. you, know, you love basketball there. But also, I want to touch um, I want to touch that in regards to your ministry, in a sense, also you're, you're a minister at San Susie, but mm. also part-time you, you work for the MBO. Do you want to explain a little bit more in, that, in you know, what you do in that role and why you took that role on? Yeah, so 
after I finished, I got carrying by BAPS. I went through a little um, hiatus period, I guess. Uh, I didn't have a role to step into. I just felt led and, you know, went on a journey with my church. Because it was my home church, I felt like if I was going to grow as a leader, as a pastor, I really need to serve outside of my um, uh, the context I'd grown up in. Like, it was just hard leading people that you'd grown up with. I've seen you as a young kid and um, it's just difficult, that whole profit in your own hometown mentality, I guess. And um, so I stepped away from that role, uh, did some ad hoc preaching um, at different churches, guest preaching stints, and I saw this role with the NBL and had no employment. My wife was back working full-time and I had our son at the time. And, um, you know, I'd done similar work, obviously playing basketball and working for a while with the team I was playing with or the association I was playing for. And, um, yeah, I just applied for it, didn't think I was going to get it. Just thought, mm. so here we go. Got the interview and I got the uh, got the role. So, so it was a blessing and, um, yeah, it just keeps me involved with the sport. When I got the role here, I was, wasn't was sure whether I'd be able to maintain it, but my wife Kelly was happy for me to continue doing it. And, um, you know, I was outside of ministry hours. Uh, it was only during the season. So um, it's a match day manager, basically glorified court supervisor for the NBL. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just meant I could stay involved with the game. I could get out of sort of the ministry bubble and, and have an outlet from that, um, build relationships um, with people that, you know, don't know Jesus, don't love mm. Jesus. But, um, yeah, it just opened doors I didn't think was imaginable. It just started off as like a way of earning an income for a while there and, um, you know, it's just led to other opportunities. So that's been great. That's awesome. And, has, you know, can you share maybe any stories you know, through this 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 work that you've been able to, um, I don't know, grow, like grow, you know, your faith or share share your faith or yeah, there's any stories that you want to share in regards to that? Yeah, the, I guess the main thing was just, um, you know, I'm a big believer in just building relationships with people first, um, and then as they get to know you, get to know your way of life, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're clearly showing them that you live your life differently as a follower of Jesus and from there it's provided a platform to share my faith in the past but so I've just worked at building relationships um, so I oversee the statisticians and the bench uh, the school bench table and so okay. that's a big part of my role so I get yeah. to build relationships with them I get to um, you know obviously you know up until the pandemic um, really hit um, we're not really allowed near the players and coaches as much as right. sort of ease but before that I was again to know players and coaches and that and um, yeah that's just really opened doors for me mm. to they know I'm a pastor you know they ask how things are going in that realm so that's not awesome. so much um, you know just I've had opportunities to talk a bit about it share my faith and get yeah. to know people but yeah even yesterday one of the um, the people I work with um, who sort of um, runs the roster and system, I guess, for the referees and all that. She was just asking me whether I could help out with the game and obviously knows I'm a pastor and um, I was just sort of tongue-in-cheek sort of said to her, look, I'll, I'll do that game, but I'm just going to make sure I obviously get things done during the week and get on top of it. And she's yeah. like, you yeah, know, the big man will be with you, that sort of thing. She's not a Christian. <laughs> like, little things like that. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah, cool. It's been cool just to yeah. see, you know, that they're open to it. And, yeah. yeah. So, well, what I find interesting, and this is not so much in the, in the sporting uh, world, but I just think in general, just me, you know, as soon as people know that we're ministers, like you have kind of two ways in the sense people think you're weird. I think maybe most people actually think we're weird. But second <laughs> thing is, even though they make fun of us, you know, they're usually the first person if they're in a crisis or they need help or even 
I don't know if this happened to you, but, you know, I know heaps of people in my life um, in the past, you know, no faith or whatever, kind of makes fun mm-hmm. of you, whatever, but something happens. They're like, oh, look, can you pray for me? Can you, mm-hmm. you can you do, you know, a prayer, pray to God, whatever. And cool. I find that really interesting um, that, yeah, you know, yeah, so, so I'm assuming that's also happened to you as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, a story that comes to mind when you talk about that, like I'm, I'm really close with the um, Sydney Kings chaplain. Um, yeah, Gary that's right. He's had a lot to do with him and he's been in the chaplain with the Sydney Kings for close to 20 years now. And, um, you know, I've done a bit of work with him in chaplaincy mm. and, you know, trying to transition into that myself at some point. But um, I remember him telling stories of, you know, you, you obviously see chaplains you know, mingling with the players and that. But when they retire, that's the, op- the real opportunities that you have to minister to them. And yeah. I've been encouraged by Gary. Like he's been asked to marry uh, one of the ex-players. Um, right. Got in trouble with the law, and he was in jail. So he was there um, visiting him in jail, and you yeah. know, the guy's blown away that he'd be there for him. And so these are the sort of opportunities that people don't see that you know, chaplains and ministers get given the opportunities into people's lives. And you know, as you said, they reach out um, to us um, when mm. the going gets tough, I guess, and they don't have anyone else to really turn to. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, uh, Gary, is that right? The chaplain? Is that yeah, correct? correct. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've um, worked with him. Um, and so what, what have you learned from his ministry? Because 20 years, that's that's awesome. And that's that's yeah. something that not even a normal workplace you see often. So like, yeah, have, what, what have you learned from him? Oh, yeah, Gary's great. He's a um, he's just a real relational guy. Like he's easy to know. He gets alongside people, just loves people, really kind-hearted and I guess the biggest thing that I've learned is the importance of just, you know, again, the importance of prayer. Um, like he has a list of plays. He calls them his starting five, who he prays for. And, um, starting five, that's good. Yeah, even when I was talking to um, like one of the players that works players that I know, I said I was cashing up with, he just said, make sure you let them know I'm, I'm still praying for them and this guy's wow. been five for some time. So, yeah, like he just the players really got along with him, um, yeah. loved him, and I think that's just, um, for me, when it comes to leadership, that real servant heart and, and servant leadership, Gary sort yeah. of personifies that incredibly. And just coming um, alongside people and, and just loving them where they're at. Um, not only has he done that as a pastor previously, but he was the director of uh, Athletes in Action out here for a while, Sports Chaplains yeah. of Australia, Sydney Kings Chaplain. So every role he's had, he's just, um, yeah, he's um, been great in just coming alongside people and, and great relationally. So. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I think um, not only not only in the sports uh, world, but even for us as as ministers, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes it is as ministers we just get alongside people. That's it. That's our role. And I know that's a weird job description, but that's really what it is. Just getting alongside people and just listening to them. Um, is is that something that for you have you have you found that easy in your your role? Not not so much in the NBL, but with mm. your role at San Susie and, and pastoral role. And yeah, what have yeah. you learned from that? Yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely a people person. I'm an extrovert, so I get energized yeah. by people. Um, well, you're in, you're in the right role then. <laughs> exactly, that's right. Yeah, you do have, you do need your times to sort of away alone yeah. as well. But um, yeah, so I guess in terms of you know. Being there for people and just you know, that comes naturally. I think the pastoral side of things doesn't come naturally to me, so I really have yeah. to work on that because I guess my gifting is more. I'm more of a visionary leader. Um, yeah. I like to lead from the front and, and sort of champion people. Again, the basketball sporting background. Yeah. Um, so sort of, yeah, I love doing life with people, and it's a real honor and privilege to be uh, leading to people's lives in the ways that I have been allowed. But 
yeah, it's something I've really had to work on, just um, that pastoral edge, um, you know, that doesn't come naturally. So um, I've sort of had to try and work on that and and grow in that area. But, um, yeah, I just learned a lot about, it's just taught, a lot, taught me a lot about humility and, um, yeah, just that's been a massive journey I've been on in ministry, the importance of humility, servant heart, servant leadership, um, and, yeah, just, being there for people and at the end of the day, you just don't know what that does for people, um, how it encourages them to know that you're there and they can turn to you whenever, yeah, they need to, I guess. So Yeah. So we talk about humility. Like you said that's been a massive journey for you um, and learn, learning curve. Like what, what do you mean by that? So is that something because I think, I don't know, I think people usually associate Christians or even ministers as humble naturally, but it yeah. sounds like for you it was a little bit harder to to get a hold of. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think, again, the sporting background, like when you're successful in something, I think, um, you know, you can, yeah, I guess it was just an overconfidence. I wouldn't ever say I was a cocky person when I was, you know, growing up, but I guess because of my success playing basketball, um, you know, certain areas of my life, like I probably came across that way. Um, okay. And so it was my first year of Bible college that God really took me on the journey of um, just humility and you know, I struggled with anxiety and depression for a little while there and and I, it just taught me the importance of relying on him and not in my own strength and um, yeah I think uh, C.S. Lewis says it this quote really stands out for me in terms of humility true humility is not thinking less of yourself but um, seeking I'll have to find a quote. I'll find it in just a moment, but it's a really yeah. great quote. But no, no, that's right. Yeah, it's um, you're not being a doormat or anything like that, but you're just yeah. putting others first and, and focusing on them um, as opposed to trying to toot your own horn, I guess, or yeah, which is hard as a leader too because you're always at the front. You always, 100%. you know, it, it's difficult, um, but it's so important and yeah. good leadership for me comes yeah. back to humility and, and serving others, so. Yeah. So what do you do to uh, remind yourself or to help yourself in regards to humility? Because I look, I agree, man. Like, I'll be honest, you know, even lately I've been struggling with humility. Uh, not, mm. Again, not, not, not so much because I think I'm a cocky person, but, you know, I, I said to my wife the other day, like, where I've just noticed that this is so we've been in ministry for more than 10 years, but when I'm yeah. not in control of things, I, I I don't like it. And it's it's weird. Like, and I, I think it just was like kind of an epiphany, yeah. really. It, to me, I was like, whoa, like I'm not, you know, I'm not doing something, I'm not controlling something. Mm. And I'm so used to people saying yes to me and I'm in control. And mm. yeah, so yeah, so how for you? And so that's my realization. So how does that work for you? How do you keep yourself humble? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm exactly the same, mate. I've got family quotes. Humility is not oh, yeah, thinking less, less. Uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. It's right. really profound. But um, yeah, I'm the same. Like, I, I, I am, I've got a bit of OCD. So I like things a certain way. I like to be in control. I like, you know, uh, things that work out. And when they don't, like, it really gets to me, you know, it gets me down and discouraged. So yeah. I've had to learn just to hand things over to God. Um, that's all you can do, um, yeah. depend on him. And I find, the, um, yeah, I think the more we do that as leaders, but as, you know, people of faith, as disciples of Jesus, I just yeah. it continually takes us down this path of realising that life isn't all about me. It's not mm. about you know, getting things right. It's all about Jesus and his name and glorifying him. And so when you have that bigger perspective and realise it's not about me, it's about him, um, yeah. I think that sort of, 
the, the mentality and the mindset that it gives us, it sort of reframes life in a healthier way, I think. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's so hard. I mean, our natural inclination, you know, we're yeah. sinful. Um, it's all, it's about putting ourselves first. So yeah. you're sort of going against the grain, going against yeah. the current of your flesh, but also this world. So it is something that we are utterly dependent on God to do. And that's the journey I went on him, went on with him. And he was the one that humbled me. It wasn't yeah. the other way around. It wasn't anything I did. It was all him just doing a work in my life. Chipping away at the hard edges, the rough edges, and and to be fair, a lot of that was, um, you know, my talk about it a bit later on the, you know, the journey I went on through my teenage years and the difficulties and hardships I had with that, um, and so maybe I put on this persona that tried to cover the brokenness as well, um, which is probably mm. a big part of it as I reflect on my life. But yeah, I think it's completely and utterly we need to be just humbling ourselves before Him and, and allowing Him to do that work in our life because we can't do it in ourselves so yeah no, that's good man that's good and it's that's the thing it's a work in progress amen um, we are we are yeah yeah um you mentioned about your your um teenage years mm. you know in regards to that and you know i asked you a question before in regards to you know biggest challenges in life and 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 ministry and one of the things um, that you that you said to me is in regards to family, um, and also that affected you. Like, is that mm. right? If you share, you know, what you went through and how has that shaped you for today? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, teenage years are hard. The best of times, I guess. Um, yeah. It's a struggle and you know, sort of a journey for um, understanding our identity and who God's created us to be. But for me, um, you know, throw that in with the mix of a a sister who really struggled with her identity and self worth. Um, mm. younger sister hopefully she doesn't mind me sharing as part of our story and journey as a family but um, from about the age of probably 12 or 13 till she was about 16 um, she, you know, she was suicidal tried to take her life many occasions and we went on a real journey with her um, she was bullied through a primary school eight uh, years and yeah it was um, got to the point where she just so, she thought so lowly of herself and her self-worth was so low that she was like, what's the point, you know? If yeah. the world says this is how you're meant to be and how, you know, if I'm not that, then there's no point hanging around. So, yeah, it was a real struggle. Even just sort of talking about that just brings up memories that are pretty full on. But, yeah, so there was times there where I thought I was never going to have a sister and I was preparing myself for that and my parents were too. Um but that was a long journey and, you know, that was a sort of pivotal path for me in my faith. Like we grew up in a Christian family, grew up in Salvos, then we moved to Carrying Bar Baptist, as I said. But um, it was in those times that God really showed himself to be, I guess, true and real to me and yeah. and um, it just spoke to me in incredible ways and, and um, you know, sort of it was there for our family all the way through. And, again, coming back to the whole pastors being there and ministering to, to um, people like yeah pastors were fantastic for us um, we we're very blessed to have them come alongside of us praying for us particularly me and, and i was journeying with a lot of them um which was great but um yeah so that was that that obviously led to well not obviously but unfortunately led to a relational breakdown with my parents they separated for a time and they went on their own journey with their stuff and it was just full on like wow it just it made me grow up quicker than yeah, I need like a, yeah. So I learned a lot in that time, and so that's um, all in your teenage years. That yeah, know, yeah. Wow, jeez. Yeah, so probably from when I was in year ten up until yeah, about early twenties, I was um going through all that. So so how 
um, obviously, yeah, like you said, you had to learn very quickly. But how did that affect in regards to your, well, first of all, your faith? But mm. second of all, you as a person, like, yeah, that, yeah. that would have been hard. Yeah, massively. Well, I think, yeah, faith was, as I said, it just strengthened it. Um, I think okay. sometimes, yeah, I think hardship really matures you. And, you know, I think something I've been learning through my journey with anxiety, depression in particular, sometimes we run away from hardship or we, just want nothing to do with it. We we want the comfortable sort of lifestyle, but I've learned just to mm-hmm. embrace it because at some point God will get you through it. And that, that, when you come out the other side, you grow and you mature. Um, but, um, yeah, my faith is strengthened. But as a person, uh, I just really realise a lot of brokenness in my life. Um, you sort of go to areas that you're not meant to, you flesh out, and so I did that, um, and that really affected I guess my growth and and who I am as a person, um, but the biggest thing I, I like the biggest area of brokenness that I had coming out of that was uh, dealing with issues of rejection, um, because my parents no fault of their own they focused on my sister. I, lo- I lost a lot of what they they couldn't give me what I needed at that time yeah. as a you know sixteen seventeen year old, and so I missed out a lot there. So I dealt with a lot of issues of rejection with that. Um, Funny enough, with my sister, like frustration, she went through that and it led me down this path of feeling rejected. And so I had to come to a place of forgiving her um, as well. But, um, yeah, so I've dealt with rejection for a lot of years and sort of it sort of creeps into my ministry now and, and in certain ways. Um, yeah. But I've really had to work on that and God's done a work in me. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, again, some of these things, they... they yeah, they lead to brokenness and rough edges forming in our lives um, and it's up to God. We need to hand it over to him for him to sort of chip away at it and make us round and whole again. So Yeah. Oh, man, what a story. And that's, uh, I'm sure, I'm not, hopefully you've shared that with, you know, your youth in your youth pastoring days. And yeah, many times. You probably all yeah. know my stories. But in, just in that too, I think something that basketball was good for and sport was giving me purpose through all that. Um, yeah. Obviously, you have your faith, but... I find that, you know, for youth in particular and for parents now, dealing that, working on this with their own children, helping them to discover something that gives them a sense of purpose, something they enjoy doing. And I find when when they have that, it builds resilience, it builds um, so many life, um, I guess, lessons can come out of, you know, at that age having a sense of purpose, you know deal with a lot of youth, a lot of the ones that struggle and don't do, go well at schools because they have no sense of purpose and they're just sort of yeah. floating through life. So reflecting back on how, you know, although you know, it was such a big part of my life, it just gave me that sense of purpose at that time and, and I guess in many ways helped me through that stuff with my family as well. So Yeah, yeah, and all, all that stuff is, you know, so God's been through, um, yeah, you've been through it and God's helped you go through it and it's made you the person you are today, which is, yeah, which is awesome. That's it. Um, look, obviously, I want to respect your time. Your time, uh, but I have one more question. I think this is a bit of a general one. Mm. Um, but in regards to that's so much I have to be a ministry. What's but what's a one advice you would give to people to to your fellow brothers and sisters in regards to ministry? Yeah, when you said one piece of advice, I couldn't narrow it down to one. So I got three little points here. Just you lucky, typical, I like you. You know, typical, I'll, I'll give you. Permission. Typical pastor, mate. Three points. So, but um, <laughs> Wait, are you going to give me a sermon or what? Nah, mate, no, no, I won't go that far. But just three quick things that I've really learned, being you know, growing, as I said, working through the stuff in the past, but then coming into ministry again, never saw myself become the pastor. It's the call on God in my life. But um, 
the key thing I've learned, number one, is to be yourself. Um, you know, I came from a larger church, you know, at its, at its peak, we had eight, 800, 900 people. It was right. doing some great things in terms of the community. Like, it was a great church and we had some great, strong leaders, great preachers. And um, when you come off the back of that and you have this level of preaching expectation, like I sort of wore the burden of that for so long. Like your preaching's got to be awesome. You've got to be a great yeah. pastor, great leader. And, um, you know, even going to Moreland College where I did my theological training and studying, like you've got great guys there, great lecturers mm. who are also great speakers. So um, my first few years of ministry, like I was really bogged down in being someone I wasn't. And um, this is one quote again that I've sort of uh, encouraged our youth with. It's be you, everyone else is taken. And I think it's such a... <laughs> A powerful mm. quote because, you know, if we were all the same, how boring would life be if all pastors mm. were the same and gifted the same, you know, it'd yeah. be pretty boring. So we've, God's gifted us uniquely and we're all different. So I've had to really, um, you know, learn who I am in the pulpit, I guess, when I'm preaching, but also um, from a ministry point of view is to be myself and not try and be someone else. And so be yourself, understand yourself. Um, I spoke about that level of brokenness, I had to deal with that rejection because that can manifest in, your ministry in your life, like when you're dealing with, um, you know, people not happy with your ideas or whatever, like frustration comes out and you react and it was just really unhealthy, some things that I found myself doing early on. So um, you really need to deal with your your brokenness, I think, because that can just manifest and come out in ways that you never thought possible, anger, um, that sort of stuff. So um, I've been on this journey with emotionally healthy relationships um, Peter Scazzaro, um, go read yeah. his stuff, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's uh, great for dealing with that sort of stuff. And then finally, humble yourself. Obviously, we're doing it for his name and his name alone. So mm-hmm. um, it's important to, to continually be um, you know, journeying with him and, and, and locking into him and, and hearing from him, I think. Um, yeah, those are the, the key things that I want to be yourself, understand yourself, humble yourself before God and... Um, yeah, it's all about making his name renowned at the end of the day, brother. So, yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing. I really do appreciate it. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, that's it. That's the episode. Uh, that's the, the chat that I had with Dan. And uh, it was, yeah, so good just chatting with him and, you know, just him opening up about all things in regards to humility and sport and suicide. I think. Uh, very helpful, very helpful for me, and I really do hope it's been very helpful for you. Uh, just a, one or two things in regards to um, our chat. I think what stood out for me personally was the sporting side of things. Um, like I said before, uh, I love sports, so I really did understand where he was coming from. But one of the things that I'm trying to implement now is using that love and drive for sport and being competitive and how that works. Like, what does that look like in regards to ministry? And I think that's really important, especially as us pastors, but really. You know, for all Christians, like when you go play, when you go coach, when you're just supporting your your friend or your family, you know, what can you do? How can you reach others for God? How can you build relationship? How can you be that servant? Uh, yeah, that servant for God. And I think that's a massive challenge, um, but it's a good one. Uh, and lastly, in regards to suicide, I really do appreciate Dan opening up uh, in regards to his sister. Um, and obviously, I asked mission after we, we uh, wrapped up. I said, look, can you go just double check? Because obviously, I don't want to offend anyone. And uh, thankfully, um, well, I was given the okay. And uh, I just want to say in regards to mental health or suicide, please, if, if you're struggling with that, um, 
uh, talk to your pastor, talk to someone, um, you know, a friend, a good friend that you can trust. Uh, but ultimately, there's lots of helplines that you can call within Australia. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my encouragement to you. But uh, look, thank you so much for listening. I really do hope that it's been a blessing. Uh, if it has, share it with someone and uh, have everything be blessed as well. Thank you so much. I'll catch you all next time.